Hey everyone, you are listening to Rival and Queen. I am your host, Ashley. And I'm your other host, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> Hello, Ashley. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, although I just said my name in such an amped up way. <laughs> what did you say it like? I don't know. Like Sarah. Sarah. Well, remember I my learned. My name is Sarah. I was away last week for um, like a work conference thing and um, we did a public speaking chat. Sarah went through the same program. She actually was one of the winners of this program four or five years ago. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, I got told that I'm an up talker. You like to talk up, Ashley. And I don't know, has anyone else been told that before? And I'm a little offended. Oh, why are you offended? I wouldn't be offended. Do you know what it is, Mark? Yeah. It's when and you he like, probably hears it all the time. Whoop. Even when I say Ashley, like you go up with a question. Well, that's what I just did with my name. I well, wasn't into every, it. I think everyone does it. Well, and I'm Sarah without the up. I'm Sarah. I'm Ashley. <laughs> Ooh, we're adding deep voices. So today, <laughs> with our deep voices, today we have Laura Davies on, and she is a mindset and nutrition coach. And really, she's a registered holistic nutritional consultant. And mama too mom of two and so she loves to work with moms on their overall health and has a super holistic approach to health which was what we talked about in the podcast but really how you connect your mindset your nutrition and your fitness to be healthy and to feel the best that you can in your body uh, so she, she definitely has a really nice well-rounded approach to it because she's kind of been through so many different she's been an athlete been a mom and she's done a lot of fitness competitions and things like that so it's kind of nice to get her perspective on all those different things and now how she approaches helping people yeah with all those, those. different exp- yeah because she kind of talked lot. about yeah. that like when she was an athlete it was a lot of intense training and then she started the fitness competition so much intensity and, and she's kind of done like a 180 where it's more about like actually being intuitive and connected to your body to see like okay well what do I actually need today and just being realistic like when you're a new mom is it realistic you're going to get to the gym every day of the week probably not but how do you make that work and how can you she talked one of the things I loved love 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 that she said was rather than trying to like cut things out of your life that you think are bad is actually think of it as adding in positive things to your life where you can like not overwhelming yourself but you know can I add something in once or twice a week that's going to make me feel healthier happier as a whole a lot of awareness around your your mindset and how you feel and your well-being which I think is that's the foundation for trying to achieve fitness or weight loss goals, whatever it is. Yeah, really changing the idea of health from being just an aesthetic thing about, you know, how your body physically looks, but actually how you feel. And then we also talk a lot about how your body changes when you become a mom, which was, you know, we aren't moms, but our fans or people who listen to the podcast. Our listeners. Our listeners. They're awesome. We love you guys. A a bunch of people have written us asking about uh, kind of, how to take care of yourself as a mom and how to stay fit. So we do talk about how your body changes and also how do you can care for yourself after that. And as Ashley said, we talk a lot about mindset. We also talk about digestion, gut health and stress. And Laura gives us lots of tips, like little things that we can do to just feel better throughout the day and get our stress levels down which will help us. So it's a great episode all around. Like I think mom or not, obviously we're not uh, moms that it, you'll learn so much and, and maybe prepare to be a mom if you're thinking about it. It's very, she was very informative. So informative. One of the things I really liked, Ash, and I want to talk to you about is 
like I kind of only realized when we recorded this episode that my mindset around health has changed so much because totally when I was like 16, 17, 18, even into like probably like 24, my idea of health was like how I physically looked, like what my weight was and how I looked in a bathing suit. Yeah, I agree. That but, That's a big part of, I think, uh, when you're a teenager, that's kind of just something that just socially happens and you become aware of these things all of a sudden. Yeah. And your body's changing and uh, you, you try very unrealistic and unhealthy ways to to maintain what you think you're supposed to maintain. I don't know. It's, it's a weird Or how time. you want to. Yeah, I know. In my mind, I was always like, this is my ideal weight. I don't know if I ever weighed that weight. Like, obviously, I did at some point when I was growing. But like, I don't think it was ever... It wasn't tied to anything in reality. But now, and I kind of didn't realize it till we were having the conversation with Laura, is I, I realized like that's not at all how I think about health. Like I don't even think about dieting anymore. A couple of years just ago, eating I, healthy. I decided like, no, this is just not my path. Like for me, it's what makes me feel good. Like yeah. what makes my body, like eat nutritiously, but what makes my body feel good? If you want good? a second plate or more, yeah. Or you, you want something after you eat? Yeah, if you're if you're craving that not in a healthy way, but if there's something like oh, I really want a banana and whatever, eat it. Yeah, and even like not doing things like trying to cut out carbs and stuff like that. If I want like a sweet potato, or if I'm craving that, like my body probably needs it. Yeah, I've heard that a lot with meat as well. That mm. um, some people that aren't even big meat eaters, we should ask this to Laura, but they'll start craving and maybe it's the whole iron uh, aspect is that they'll like crave meat because their body probably is a bit deficient in that. Uh, yeah. You're, you're mineral. Yeah. Anyways, it, so like, listen to your bodies. Listen to your bodies. I know. I know. And sometimes when you want that wine and you want the, I don't know, nachos, do it. I'll take a plate of nachos right <laughs> I know, now. Ashley, we're looking at each other like, me? well, mm. we haven't eaten dinner yet. We're hungry. <laughs> I used to be much harder on myself. And now I just, I know how to kind of balance. And we talked about this on the podcast is like doing whatever you want, having fun, whatever, yeah. eating something that you don't normally eat. But then now, and I think this comes with a lot of training is to just the next day, go back to your regular um, program. And I'm not saying I follow a program, but just eat normal food the next day and balance it out. Yeah. So yeah, for me, my motivation is like to not feel crazy because if I'm like not eating well, I don't feel good. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's true. I hadn't thought of it kind of objectively until we had this conversation with Laura that my idea of health has totally shifted to be completely about how I feel. Agreed. And it's definitely for you because I know you always like are very aware of how well you're sleeping and stuff. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm kind of a control person and I really like routine. So that to me is what keeps me sane as if I kind of can control my workouts and I can control kind of like my scheduled eating that it makes me feel better, but it's not unhealthy. I think it's, it's nice to know that this is what works for me. Okay. Question. What are you amped up for this week? I'm really ready for the weekend this week already. It's only We're recording Monday. on a Monday. I've moved, as we talked about before, and I feel like the last couple of weeks have been crazy. So I just really want to, like, chill. <laughs> and that's that's going to happen this weekend. Can I cradle you? I, feel you, like you need I would a love hug. to be cradled. I really want you to cradle me. 
Okay, I'm gonna hug you. I'm picturing this, and it's not really that unreasonable. <laughs> We're gonna do a big hug sesh as soon as we stop recording. I freaking love that. <laughs> so you're amped up for chilling. I'm going skiing this week. The day that this podcast comes out, I am gonna be on a ski hill. So stoked, sloping, hitting the slopes. Oh, sloping! I've never heard of that, but sure, I'll be sloping. I can't wait. <laughs> I hope this. I hope the weather is good so I can go. I'll be a little heartbroken, but I'm super amped for that. Okay. For sure. I want to know what you do on the weekend. Ashley, what I did this weekend, I watched the Super Bowl, and I'll proudly say it was the first football game of the season for me. (laughs) (laughs) And did you watch it from start to finish? I watched the whole thing, start to finish, and the halftime show, Shakira, J-Lo. I mean, it's old news now. So, so babe worthy. Um, I I thought Shakira was good. I like Shakira, but I mean, she was not as good as J-Lo. She can't dance like J-Lo. Oh, okay. Well, no. I mean, like, I also love J-Lo, too, but I think there's some diehard Shakira fans out there who love, 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 love her. Oh, okay. They're both eight. That's fine. They're both, like, oh, just beauties, sensations. Dolls. We love them. So we big fans of the Super Bowl. Now I'm skiing. You're chilling. And we're all going to listen and learn about holistic health and how we can be our best healthiest selves and just like connect to our bodies all right enjoy hey everyone we are thrilled to welcome laura davies to the show tonight thanks for joining us laura thanks for having me laura's calling in from calgary so this is so much fun you're we can see you. You're not here in person, but I feel like you're here with us. I uh, know. All the way across the country, though. All the way across the country. We do have listeners in Alberta, and we don't know who they are, so this is even better. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's awesome. And now we've got you. Yeah, exactly. So, Laura, you are a registered holistic nutritional consultant, correct? That's right. Yes. And you do a lot of work with moms and women on fitness and well-being. Is that is that true as well? That is true. Yes, <laughs> especially uh, nutrition and then recently a lot of mindset stuff. So, yeah, I kind of started with nutrition. Well, actually, I started with fitness and moved into nutrition and then just recently took a certification to be a mindset coach because I found a lot of, of well, not just women, but everyone. Nutrition is, they'll say, I know how to eat. But the trouble is, is when I'm stressed, when I am trying to balance, when I'm oh trying God. to this. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I need to dive deeper into this so that, you know, I can give you all the tools and give you the the food and say, here, eat this. But it always comes back to, well, you know, how do I make time or when I'm stressed, how do I navigate this or that? So, yeah, so I decided to dive more into that. And then of course, having kids and things like that, I've learned some tips and tricks and moms just sort of started to gravitate towards that. And that's sort of my niche right now. And I I love it. They all kind of go hand to hand. I feel like you're right. You could kind of tell everyone what to do and what to eat. But if you're not mentally there and know how to kind of approach it from a different standpoint. Or if you're in a weird phase and your like schedule gets off, that's when I'm like, like, I haven't fed myself properly in two weeks. Yesterday, well, and I had it, a rice cake all day until 5.30. <laughs> Not an appropriate thing, meal. 
No. And that's the hard part too, is you get busy and then you don't eat and then you feel like crap. And in the same with working out is it feels like it takes like two weeks to get back on track and then you have an off day and you're like, Oh, I'm thrown. So that's one thing that I work with a lot of clients on is figuring out how to not get completely thrown or not feeling like, well, I'll start on a Monday or I'll start this diet or I'll, mm-hmm. or I'll make all these mom. drastic changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Especially becoming a new mom. That's a whole, whole other world, right? So it sounds like you kind of focus on how to make it accessible all the time and how to, you know, keep on track. Yeah. So, and that's just it. Like, I think for new moms is you're so overwhelmed with a lot of things that you hear like, yeah, you're going to be sleep deprived with a baby and kids and stuff like that. But you don't really realize just how much work it is (laughs) until you're trying to do things with a baby attached. Right. And the biggest thing coming up with balance is I try and tell them like when it comes to work or working out or some days you're really good at work and you might not be as great at being a mom. And some days you're really great at being a mom and work kind of falls to the wayside or cooking or whatever. And that's okay. You can balance it out through the week. You don't have to be perfect every single day. And I think uh, women especially put a lot of pressure on themselves to, to be that every single day. That's so interesting. That's a really good perspective that it's not like you're looking at every hour, every day as the measurement of your success in terms of yeah. across all those different areas. Ashley and I don't have children, but it's something that our listeners like have written in and said they want to know more about. So that's why that's why we really wanted to have you on because it is such a different world. Like you said, we have no idea what it's like to have a child attached to us all day long. And <laughs> and how many kids do you have, Laura? Two. Three and a half and four and a half. <laughs> busy ages. That's busy. Yes. I know a bit about you and you were um a big athlete, a hockey player, but kind of what, <laughs> what took your journey into where you are now as far as, uh, I think you said the work, fitness and working out came first before the nutrition and stuff, but kind of what, what started this journey for you? Yeah. So I played sports growing up before so grading, hockey, soccer, all of that. And then I went to university and played at Dow for five years. And looking back at my nutrition there was not excellent Unfortunately, now there's so many like podcasts and and education now to be able to help you out with that. But um, after hockey, it was like it came to a screeching halt with university ending. So I wanted to get into something else. And someone had, was like, hey, you'd be really great in doing fitness competitions. So I immediately jumped into those, which was a whole nother realm of yeah. dieting and exercise. And after that, I kind of just got interested in nutrition. Uh, when I was young, I uh, was sick with toxic shock when I was oh, really? younger. Yeah. And then so I kind of battled with what I kind of started to research on my own was with some like gut dysbiosis. I had bad acne, uh, things like that, low energy. So that's when I started to like research things myself. And then I was like, you know what? I really enjoy this. Um, I'm going to go to school to become a holistic nutritionist and that's how I kind of got into that and the fitness was you know something always growing up and then of course when I did fitness competitions which again that's kind of a whole other world for me (laughs) um such a different world the dieting alone I feel like it would be so mentally you know physically draining oh totally I remember being drained and thinking like 
during all the dieting and the hours of cardio and things like that, that I was doing, just thinking like, well, I just got to push through and get through this and not really even realizing what this may be doing to my adrenals or my gut bacteria as I was, you know, not taking the right supplements. I wasn't sleeping enough. I wasn't resting enough, things like that. Right. But I was, I had a goal in mind. So I was a little hyper-focused on that and not really thinking about my health. And I'm, yeah, I, I did, I did pay afterwards for sure. So that was another reason to get into nutrition is to really figure out like, I want to be able to heal my body and know how it works. And then eventually when I have a family, I want to know how to start a good base with them. So that's how I got into that. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I want to know a little bit about the fitness competitions because kind of <laughs> just from what you said, it sounds like that is such a physical thing. And yes, you look physically fit, but it's not necessarily healthy when you're going through that process. No. And I will say that it has changed quite a bit and people are starting to go about um, it in healthy ways, but I definitely saw a lot of unhealthy things in the industry. I do think it is changing that people are recognizing that you can't really deplete yourself the way a lot of fitness competitors do and then come out on the other end feeling good. But yeah, I was doing an hour and a half of fasted cardio in the mornings before shows, training later in the day. And then, um, I mean, I was eating good food, uh, probably not enough food, okay. not taking the right supplements and things like that. So as I kind of started to fall out of that, I started to kind of realize that it wasn't so healthy for me, but yeah, no, it was definitely intense training. I mean, I loved going on stage. I, I loved, it was super fun. I loved being girly and doing all that stuff. And it was a good goal for me and things like that. Kudos to the moms that do it now <laughs> for sure. But it is, it has changed a lot and people are starting to do it in a much healthier manner, which makes me very happy to see for sure. What kind of led you to move out of those fitness competitions and I guess to your next kind of phase of nutrition and well-being? I think it was when I went to nutrition school mm -hmm. and really started to learn about the body and learn about things like adrenal fatigue, uh, gut bacteria, what depletes them, stressing your body, overworking your body through working out or just everyday stresses and looking at where my body could end up. And then of course, my mental health as well. It just kind of, as I learned more and more through school, it just became sort of different for me. I guess I felt I wanted to take a different path to my health and then more sustainable for sure because after shows I would go binge and eat and all the things I didn't eat put on weight and then be totally pissed off at myself for you know gaining a bunch of weight and then feeling crappy about it yeah. and I, was, I didn't want to keep that cycle going so and then the thought of having kids down the road I wanted to make sure that I was doing the right things yeah it's kind of interesting I, I find even personally like my approach to what I eat and my nutrition other than like the last two days where I've not eaten anything. <laughs> um, but like is more what I'm drawn to than like when I was younger, I would have followed diets for periods of time and things like that. And I've really kind of stepped back and thought through that mainly what I want is to feel good. And if that's my motivation, like not eating well doesn't serve me. Like I don't like having binge days per se because I feel like crap. 
Yeah. And like yeah. my goal is to feel good in my body and feel energized. And that's kind of the thing that guides what I eat. And I feel like there's so many other examples of what you can eat. Like you said, it's not just egg whites and chicken and brown rice. Yeah. Like there's actually beautiful, healthy meals in restaurants now that you can enjoy and, and not feel bad about it. Mm. And I, I think one of the biggest things that I noticed was when people started to look at eating healthy as treating your body well mm-hmm. and not punishing it with diets to lose weight. Yeah. And I think that's such a good thing because it seemed like we were demonizing food so much when it is literally how we survive. And food. it became so, yeah, me too. So, so much. stressful. <laughs> Sarah and I both do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great because you can love food and you should love food and you should enjoy it. And you shouldn't be thinking with everything you put in your mouth of a punishment. And I think even especially with moms postpartum is when their bodies change so much, they immediately want to go into like, I'm going to start a new diet. I'm going to start this. I'm going to start that. And it can be so deflating and your hormones have changed and your body's changed. And, you know, it's, we need to start looking at it as, like a good change. So you are, you're going to nourish yourself back to feeling good as opposed to deprive yourself to lose weight. That's a really nice mindset, actually. So for the most part, then, Laura, your clients are new moms? Yeah. New moms or um, moms who their children are a bit older and they're starting to focus on themselves a little bit more. And they've said, you know, like the last 10 years have been a blur. I'm ready to kind of focus on me again, but I don't know where to start. I've Googled and 7,000 things pop (laughs) up, Um, things like that. So yeah, that's mainly the clients I work with. And moms are awesome because they're motivated. um, They want to learn. They want to learn for their family and they really will put in the work um, as opposed to, you know, someone who's just motivated to lose weight. They're, they just have that one motivation and, and there's a lot more behind just losing weight. Like you lose that 10 pounds. Is that truly what's making you happy or do we need to kind of dig in deeper here? Right. And especially with moms, because, you know, they say, you know, my whole goal, in my life was to lose this extra 10 pounds. And now I have a daughter and I don't want her constantly looking to lose those 10 pounds. So I want to learn how to eat healthy nourish my body you know, prevent a lot of the diseases and things like that. So I work with them a lot on changing their mindset around food from just weight loss or, you know, aesthetics, which a lot of motivation does come from that. But to really be able to have your kids even grow up knowing what good food is, knowing what truly feeling good feels like, because I believe a lot of people don't understand how good they really can feel Mm. until they make some changes. And then they realize, wow, yeah, I did feel like crap. I don't want to feel like crap. And being able to teach your kids, you know, well, I eat healthy, so I feel really good and I'm able to perform instead of, you know, walking through the grocery store and picking up a magazine and being like, lose 10 pounds in two weeks with mm-hmm. X diet. So being able to educate their own kids, I think, is a big motivation for a lot of moms. Yeah. So how do you typically work with moms, Laura? Is it in a program or is it one-on-one? One-on-one a lot. Um, I launched my first master program and I still do work um, one-on-one with them, but we did 
a lot of online programming. So they would do part of it would be watching videos and doing journaling. Um, and they would learn uh, how to properly cook meals, how to balance. But I do work a lot one on one with people. And that's sort of what I enjoy because I enjoy talking to people. When you start working with someone, like what is the approach? Because as you mentioned, you are trying to help them change their mindset around their health and their well-being. So how do you actually yeah. even start approaching that? Because mm. like sometimes you don't... To get them to think differently about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So when we have our first initial call, I try and open it up to them to let them really dive in and dive deep into what they feel would be their pain points. So if, let's say, a mom called, she's really overwhelmed with work. Uh, she's struggling to get, you know, nutritious meals in. At the end of the day, she's exhausted. She feels guilty for not working out, knows it would make her feel better, but she just can't. And she's like, I want a program. Okay, well, I can give you a program. But what's going to make you not exhausted? When are you going to fit time in? So uh, we kind of start diving into those pain points a little bit and trying to figure out, okay, if, you know, you let's set a realistic goal for you. Maybe it's only two days a week that you get a workout in. Maybe it's three. Maybe it's from home. Maybe it's at the gym. And then, of course, with nutrition, we want to know what is realistic for you. Are you cooking at home? Are you eating out? What are you doing? Because it, sometimes it is just that, that they really hate cooking. They can't cook. And we need to figure <laughs> out, like, realistically, are you going to cook this meal? No. Okay. So let's figure out how are you going to nourish yourself? They need the, not gonna... a food order service or something to like get healthy <laughs> yeah. food delivered. And maybe that just, it is something like try saute or HelloFresh or something like that. And letting them know that that's okay too. And it's also okay to go out and eat if you're on the go and just helping them choose good options when they're out. And then a lot of times they'll start adding in, like maybe it's you add in two new recipes a week and you start there. So I think when they are able to implement those things in their life, they start to feel a little bit more empowered. They start to feel better. And those things even become a priority. Another thing we'll do is uh, journaling or just time management. So recording how long you scroll on social media, how long you're on Netflix. <laughs> and then maybe... <laughs> how many bottles <laughs> of wine did you drink? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so sometimes it's just, you know, well, let's just cut that in half, right? I've been <laughs> drinking way too much lately. So <laughs> I should be documenting for my own... Um, purposes. I just die laughing because I'm like, you and I are very clearly not moms. We're like, how many hours do we spend drinking this week? <laughs> At least 10. But moms can drink too. I know. but Oh, I, I think moms drink probably even more. It's like that end of the night. You the have a good go excuse. And, yeah, yeah. Unwind. That's true. In, in uh, yeah, small doses, maybe. But I liked what you said, Laura, earlier about kind of taking that guilt off yourself. And I used to be one of those people that would really stress about like what I was eating and if I ate that. But now I feel like I've just been, it's, you know, part of my day to day that if I eat something, if I feel like having pizza one day and eat it, then the next day I don't really care because I know I'm just going to eat regular again. But I think a lot of people do struggle with that. You kind of go down a rabbit hole like, oh, I had cake, I had pizza, I did this. And I might as well just like let it go off for totally two more off weeks. The bandwagon. And then to get back, you feel so bad about it's yourself like, like you failed or something yeah and it's almost like well i need to completely clean everything out start fresh on a monday or exactly first, start this diet eliminate eliminate and i try 
people like let's try not eliminating let's just start adding in good things so and it is hard though it, it's a hard place ooh. to get to 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 be able to kind of like turn the switch off and on and and it is i can sympathize with people that try i like that mindset switch though that you mentioned laura about not eliminating but adding things on mm. yeah and it's like almost that like balance again like you add more good in it, it starts to weed out the bad a little bit more and and it doesn't have to be bad um, it can just be you're kind of getting a little bit better with moderation um, <laughs> and adding in a little bit more good. <laughs> well, I think too, yeah. it sounds like you take – I think, Ashley, you're, you're susceptible to this. I'm susceptible to this. Like we all in these moments in our life can probably relate to the fact that when you're like, no, I'm going to get in shape all of a sudden and it's like go crazy. Mm-hmm. And you're. Mm-hmm. it sounds like you're more focused on like, okay, well, you can go crazy. But let's look at what that looks like in your day to day. And maybe let's start with the first step and not working out 12 hours every week. Yeah. And that's just it. I get a lot of people like, you know, it's January 1st. I'm setting this New Year's resolution of these 20 things and I'm not going to have this, this and this. And it's like, that's been in your everyday life for the last six months to a year. Immediately, your brain says, you know, this is part of your daily life. I don't like change. I'm going to resist you. So when you're trying to change 20 things and your brain's immediately like, no, this is normal, it's going to be pretty hard on you. And you're going to end up, if you do fall short, feeling really crappy. So if you can start, Hmm. yeah, exactly. And your brain doesn't want to feel deprived. It doesn't like change. So if you can start with small things and building those, you know, new neural pathways in your brain, then do something small for 30 days. And make that change and then add to that and add to that. But we do definitely fall into that trap of I'm going to cut out everything. I'm not doing <laughs> sugar. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. This sounds like and, you and me having a conversation. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't do that anymore as much. I, I sometimes I want to like Laura, I'll be for a week. I just want a complete reset. And I know it's not forever. And I've made my mind up that, you know. I can commit to a week and then I find it kind of resets me after. Um, yeah. But and I think- that can be even great for your gut health too, right? Like doing like a couple day fast depending on who you are. But things like that can be a good reset, a good break for your digestive system that may be overwhelmed and things like that. So that can be a good reset too, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have that mindset and there's nothing wrong with it as long as you know, you have a good reason and you're continuing forward with a good habit. You've mentioned gut health a few times. What do we need to know about gut health? (laughs) Can you give us a crash Uh, course? How do we know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll start with kind of my story. So I had really bad acne growing up. I mean, of course, hormonal acne and things like that. But after I had toxic shock, I was on antibiotics continuously. My immune system was so low. It's picking up so many different bugs. And then, of course, my acne was bad, so I was being put on antibiotics for acne. Little did I know this was destroying my gut health, which in turn is going to destroy my immune system, opens up your pathways for leaky gut, things like that. Add on top of that, the stress, right? So your immune system is starts in your gut, um, a lot of, with like your, your happy hormones, things like that, right? So if things that would stress out our gut would be stress, everyday stress. So even if you're going to work, you're like, no, I'm not that stressed. Your body's still going to perceive that as stress because it's not 
it's not maybe not like a lion threat, but it's still stressful, right? So that will deplete environmental toxins, alcohol, sugar, basically all those things that you can't avoid every day, right? So I'll get a lot of people in that um, have fatigue, they have all of a sudden onset of eczema or allergies. And the first thing we'll go to is like, how's your gut health? How's your digestive system? What do things look like coming out of there? You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's gross as that sounds. It gives you a lot of indication. So if people are kind of feeling like bloat, I know I get a lot of bloating. Like I know if I eat things, I have Sarah does as well. Um, We're pretty in tune. No, with like food sensitivities and stuff. Like, you know, your body reacts. But I don't get bloating. You don't? No. Oh, I do. No. I was like, when have I been I, I just think you know, like you're in tune with your, your rea- body <laughs> reaction. Do you have something to tell me, Ashley? <laughs> no, but I think that's normal. <laughs> no, and that's another one, bloating, gas. And a lot of times you'll hear, I'll ask people how their digestive system is. Oh, it's good. Like, I take this for reflux. And, you know, I go to the bathroom every two, three days. That's I thought you were going to say every two, three hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good either no so yeah so the first thing I would probably look at is I would get them to do like a food diary for me and look at what they're eating what they feel affects them but like one of the biggest things is eating when you're stressed out because when you go into that fight or flight state either the rest and digest or the fight and flee your digestive system shuts off when you're not in the rest and digest because your body's like, no, I need to run. I need to take all this energy away from my digestive tract and run. So a lot of times people will say like, no, I, I eat when I'm at my desk and then I feel really bloated. I think it's this food. And if we, you know, have done any sort of testing and we know it's not that food, it could simply be that you're not giving your body the right atmosphere to sit hmm. and digest that food. Um, could be you're drinking too much water around the same time you're eating, which is going to dilute your digestive juices and then you can't digest the food. So things like that are all things that we need to look at. And that's why I like, and a lot of holistic nutritionists take that whole approach of, well, where are you eating? How are you eating? How are you feeling when you're eating? Because it really does come down to like your digestive system and your whole environment. And again, you know what, sometimes like, I would be standing, nursing one baby, rocking the other baby, shoveling food into my mouth, full well knowing that I'm stressed at this time, right? So it's not always going to be a perfect, you know, I sit down, I light a candle, like just tuck the kids in the corner and like (laughs) do my deep breathing because that's not realistic. But there are other things you can do um, to help. Something like digestive bitters are going to help you digest and lower your stress as well. So there's little things we can implement into your diet or just certain herbs, breathing techniques. And if you do have time to relax and eat, then awesome. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so for you, Laura, are you kind of, is your approach kind of that your overall health really starts with your nutrition and, and what you're putting into your body? Yeah, definitely. I think that and... I would say your mindset around it. And then, of course, your stress levels as well, right? Because you can eat all those really amazing foods. But if you're in a constant state of that fight or flight, that like tense feeling Mm. in your body, you're going to be burnt out and you can eat all the nutrients you want. It's not going to help you. 
So that makes so much sense. Sarah's looking at me terrified right now. Oh God. <laughs> I'm not stressed right now, but it's like my, my natural operating level, which is not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> not good. So what? Okay. So we have good nutrition and health and, and, and don't go crazy with stress. What are some things, like what should we feel like after we eat? And what are some things we can do to start thinking about stress or managing stress? Because I think people might not be aware that they are stressed. That you know what I mean? That their body is in stress. They if don't if even they're know. saying like what you said, Laura, about oh, well, I'm not really stressed. You know, I had a busy day and I ran here, but they don't really know what it feels like to not be in that position. So how do you kind of yeah, unpack sure. that? Well, it depends on the person because, like I said, you could be a busy mom that's running to the rink with three kids after school, and you're just shoveling in food in the car and things like that. So I would. So there's a few different ways that um, even with sleep and things like that, finding time to meditate. So honestly, you can do a driving meditation. Do not close your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But small things like just breathing while you are driving. So you can focus when you're driving on doing like your belly breaths, right? So like actually focus on your breathing through your diaphragm, not through your chest. And I, a lot of times if you notice you're like, wait, how, how do I breathe in through my belly? Or I always breathe through my chest because I am one of those really tense people. So changing your breathing actually changes your, your vagus nerve, which is connected your gut brain. That's why you do feel nerves when you are nervous in your stomach and triggering that into that like rest and digest. So yeah, you might be in a hurry driving and then going to eat, but take those five deep breaths to calm yourself down. And that can, within seconds, switch you from that fight or flight into that rest and digest. And it's amazing because I've taught my children how to do that. So when they're feeling overwhelmed and they've got that like cry going on, freaking out, <laughs> it's like, let's take a few deep breaths and get them to do that belly breathing. You can see them totally calm down through that. So again, doing something like that, or if you're sitting down to eat, and maybe you're in a rink or something like that, just taking a moment to like, okay, I notice the smells, the sounds, the feelings. So you're bringing yourself into your body. And that's also going to bring down your stress just before you eat. And that can make a big difference so that when you're eating, you're not like, oh, I'm so full and you're gassy and you feel tight or you get reflux. This can really help kind of bring some of those down. Of course, it's not always the answer, but it can definitely help your digestive system. And it makes you just more conscious of what you eat. Like and enjoy some, it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I find like I'll eat something and I'm not even there. Like You're just eating because you're, well, like, you're on autopilot. Yeah. Or like So I either overeat or I'm not actually enjoying it. And then yeah. I think what you're saying is when you bring that consciousness into and it. And then you want to keep eating because you're like, did I just eat? I kind of blacked out. <laughs> where you go at? for like one more bite and it's not there. You're like wait what uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't I, I just start eating i remember reading something years ago that said i think it was bethany frankel i don't know if you guys know her but i love bethany that you should never eat in a car while you're on the phone while you're standing up you should always sit down and try even if you know it's a really hard circumstance but just try and sit down at least to eat um that's probably step mm-hmm. one if people are on the go just sit down yeah or if you're able to cook at home like enjoy yeah. like you smell the smells, things like that. That's all going to like prime your digestive tract. Be like, oh, I'm getting ready to okay. eat. 
and I'm starving. You, know, you guys talking about food is making me yeah. hungry. <laughs> yeah, your brain's like, hey, you should eat soon. <laughs> That's right. I just kind of have a uh, question about. So you're you're training people to think about um, losing weight in their bodies and and stress differently then you're helping them with meal planning or food, how they can approach that. But do you bring fitness in right away as well? Or is that something that um, people kind of choose? They're looking for for a fitness uh, guide or nutrition, or do they go hand in hand when you're helping them? Um, I think a lot of time they do go hand in hand because fitness does help release stress. Again, if you're burnt out and then you add on working out, which is another stress on your body, it's not going to help you feel any better. So something I would recommend is like walking, which again, like that rhythmic walking is actually going to bring your stress levels down. You're going to feel better. You're getting outside. That's going to lower your stress, things like that. But as far as fitness, um, because I've kind of shifted most of my focus into nutrition and mindset, things like that, I, I partnered up with my good friend, Kayla, which I'm sure you guys know, Kayla Davis. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So her app has actually been a lifesaver for me because again, some days it's like I wake up and I have 10 minutes at home and I'm like, I'm going to get a workout in. So I just click on the app and go. So, um, yeah, we've partnered up with, um, using each other back and forth for that. And I think that's really awesome. And she's about to be a new mama. Oh, exciting. Yeah. So, but yeah, I do think they definitely go hand in hand. Um, with if you are, for some people, it's a huge stress relief because you're burning off some of that, that cortisol that maybe you've that had going all day. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe it's, if you do get that burned off, you're not waking up through the night with those cortisol spikes that's keeping you awake all night. Right. So definitely. But then again, if you are burnt out and I see a lot of new moms that are like, okay, you know, I'm, you know, at two weeks postpartum, I'm feeling good. I'm going to start working out but your body really has not recovered at that point. Um, you may feel that seems yeah. so soon. I've never had a child, yeah. but I still feel like when should you start working out after you have a baby? What's a good timeline? Is there one or is it personal? I think it's very personal. Some people like if you've had a C-section, some people have, you know, they've worked out their entire pregnancy, had a great delivery, feel great afterwards and they're ready to go and they know their bodies and things like that. But, um, I know I had quite an ab separation and I probably went back a little too hard and ended up with like some pelvic pain and things. And I, so my good friend, um, Dr. Cox actually recommended that I go see a pelvic floor specialist and it was amazing. It was life changing. And like any woman who's going to have a baby or had a baby or just any woman in general, I think should go see one because they have so much knowledge in an area that I had not a lot of knowledge. <laughs> um, That's so interesting. Yeah. I've recently yeah. heard of pelvic floor specialists. One of my friend, uh, friends goes to one and it, and just because hopefully she doesn't mind me sharing this, I won't say her name, but just because <laughs> she carries her stress in her body, in her butt, and in her pelvic floor, and that's not good. Yeah. And just like in your back, you get knots and stuff mm-hmm. in your neck when you're intense. Like that's where she gets knots and like in her body and not good. Yeah. Well, and the first time I went to a pelvic floor specialist, she she had said that, you know, I was like, oh, I do my Kegels and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, stop doing those. And I was like, oh. 
okay. And it was because same thing. I, I hold my stress and you get like that hypertonicity there. And she had said to me, like, do you have jaw pain? I'm like, yeah, I'm a huge jaw clencher. I have jaw pain 24-7. I was complaining and before this podcast, Laura, how much my jaw hurts. So I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. And she had said like, you carry it through your body and the biggest connector is your pelvic floor and your jaw. What? And your deep belly breathing and focusing on like actually relaxing is going to help like obviously all of that tension, but a big one would be your pelvic floor and your jaw. Oh, I'm going, I need some recommendations on one in all Yeah. I'm going to. We're going to get a pelvic floor specialist on the podcast. I'll do anything. I do. I, I mean, I work at a computer all day as well and I get a lot of tension in, I've had people touch my traps and they're like, oh my God, those are rock hard. So I yeah. find, no, seriously, like it's not normal and I don't work out my traps. <laughs> Ashley's rock hard traps. I'm going to be saying no, this for weeks. And it, it, it can really drain you when you're feeling that tension. Um, I was feeling that today. I kind of had a headache, my neck, my jaw, my shoulders, everything was just aching, but it could be yeah. my pelvic floor. Who knew? And it could be your posture and thing, and just like stress. Like I, if you hold a lot of stress and you breathe through your chest, you can feel it all through your But would, would deep breathing help me just kind of doing that? Maybe help me relax? Oh, absolutely. We're breathing yes. now. This is probably terrible for our listeners. Let's stop. <laughs> just Mark's killing us. Everyone and do it with us. Everyone listening, we're sorry. We won't deep breathe into the mic anymore. <laughs> well, and a big one is like hand on your chest, hand on your belly, and actually filling your belly first. Yeah. Because a lot of times people think they're deep breathing, but they're actually breathing through their chest. It feels so good. <laughs> it does. I just came from Pilates actually voice before. <laughs> Sarah and I are huge Pilates yoga, but mostly Pilates advocate. I feel like also finding something you like to do for physical activity, oh. whether it's yoga, if it's CrossFit, whatever. But that makes it more pleasurable as well because it doesn't seem like a chore. You enjoy going. So I feel like people need to experience different forms of activity mm. to kind of find what suits them. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's the same with eating, right? Is for so long, it's like, well, you exercise to burn off that cookie, you're punishing yourself with working out when it should be like, do what you enjoy. And I, I battle with myself all the time. I'm like, I'm going to run today and go for a distance run. And I'm like, I hate distance running. Like, why am I doing that to myself? I love walking my dog. I love going for walks. I feel calmer. So I'm going to walk. But yeah. You know, I trained myself for so long, I think like as an athlete and then doing fitness competitions, it's like, you're going to go get the best bang for your buck. If you have time to work out, you're going to kill yourself. Mm, and it's like that intensity that did not help me. There's days where, it, and even times through like your cycle where you feel invincible and you're like, I feel strong. I have lots of energy. I'm going to do some hip classes. I'm going to do some spin. And then there's times where you're, you are burnt out. And it's like, instead of punishing yourself. Do what you think would feel best for your body. Mm, I really like yoga. that. So, Laura, you do specialize in working with moms. And, and we did have moms kind of ask us, like, how do we recover postpartum and things like that? Can you tell us a little bit about how your body changes when you have kids and, and how your approach to mm. nutrition and health might change? Yeah. So especially when you're pregnant, there's so much correlation, too, with what you eat goes into the baby right and I think even after with postpartum is the first thing 
that happens is moms get deprived because they're sleep deprived. They don't have time to cook. They don't, but those are the times when you really do need to be nourishing yourself because you're going to lose iron and zinc and all the protein and things like that, especially if you're breastfeeding. So I think the biggest thing is you want to focus on getting lots of nourishing foods in there, especially like nice things like stews, um, good healthy meats, collagen, because your hair falls out like crazy. <laughs> and Sarah's shout out upset. to Ben Beauty. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I just found out a couple of weeks ago that your hair falls out when you have ba- babies in our nursing. And it was like, I don't, horrifying. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. And one of the girls <laughs> told me and I was like, I'm sorry, what? My hair is going to fall out. I yeah. No. There's a lot of hair. That is not and- okay. <laughs> I think that's so, uh, I remember being like, through here being like, wow, like I have male pattern baldness going on right now. Oh my God. And I always had thick hair. But again, it's recognizing that like, that's just a phase. It's just like being a new mom and your baby's not sleeping. Things are just a phase. Does your hair come and- back? Yes. You need to God. take lots of Ben Beauty collagen powder <laughs> to supplement. The other thing you want to do after you have a baby is get your blood work checked because you probably will lose a lot of your iron stores as well. And that can be a big contribution to losing your hair, um, especially if you're breastfeeding. So Sarah um, already has low iron, so she's like very worried. No, my iron's <laughs> not low anymore. It was, but I was drinking a, two Guinness every day to try to get it Because <laughs> I don't like red meat that much. Again. Maybe Laura has some other holistic like, versions. This of is a iron terrible source of iron. <laughs> you can do molasses or pumpkin seeds as well. I'm allergic to molasses, so I'll just stick with the Guinness then. <laughs> what about or pumpkin seed butter supplement? I'm just joking. I took iron supplements as well. I'll do the pumpkin seeds. I'm gonna keep drinking the Guinness. <laughs> That's okay. You're getting it all in there. But yeah, no, you lose a lot of nutrients, especially if you're you're breastfeeding afterwards. And even just with birth, you're going to lose a lot too, right? So <laughs> I know. I, our faces, anyone listening, like Laura can see our faces and our expressions are just like <laughs> horror. Because again, all we, the other moms out there are shaking their head like, yeah. I yeah. know. And it's a beautiful thing. Like I would like to have children someday, but it's, but because I haven't. I've just never thought of these things. And I kind of almost don't want to think of them. Is that irresponsible? Because I'm scared. <laughs> like, you tell me these things. I'm afraid. It's almost like the inevitable, though, right? Like, it, they sound, it's like talking about childbirth and saying it's going to be beautiful and, and blissful. And you read stories where everyone said it was amazing. And then someone tells you that, you know, I had a three-day labor and it was the worst experience of my life, right? Shout out it, to Robin LeDrew. <laughs> My friend just had a baby in April. (laughs) It is, it's definitely eye-opening. No one told me about the big mesh diapers or how after you have the baby and you get up and you walk into the bathroom to shower for the first time in the hospital that you're going to look at your body and it's, it, (laughs) and it's, it's going to be different. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. But. Okay. But again, you're going to have like skin and your boobs are going to be huge. No, but that's what happens. Laura's like, yeah. Okay. I I think one of the biggest things for me was 
you know, with competing and stuff like that, it was all about like the aesthetic look. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was always like, you know, I was terrified to get stretch marks because I was like, I always had a really good stomach. I had good abs or whatever. And that was such a like eye opener for me of like, you need to, you know, dig a little deeper here into your spiritual side to realize what's going on here. Because I realized afterwards that I'm not ashamed of having stretch marks. I'm not ashamed of having mm. loose skin. And my stomach was not what was defined me. And especially having a daughter. And I think looking into the mirror and, you know, ever criticizing my stomach, I would never want her to look in the mirror and be ashamed that she had stretch marks. Or if for some reason she has some sort of operation or scar or something, I don't, you know, that's not something I ever want her to feel. So I need to fight those demons myself so that she can learn from me what mm. true confidence looks like. Because I think we can tell our kids, you know, be confident, you're beautiful, you're this, you're smart and stuff. But really, they grow up learning what they live and what they see. So it's up to us to kind of battle our own demons and, you know, lead that way for them and show them, the, you know, yes, we have true emotions. Yes, we have. You know, if you do battle postpartum and things like that, it's up to us to show them how to properly deal with those, not hide them, but yeah. properly deal with those. And I think that was a big eye opener for me was I, I, don't, I never wanted my daughter or son to look at the mirror and feel ashamed. Yeah, kind of. For something so natural too, right? Yeah, accepting how your body changed in that period. And I just want to clarify, my I know your body changes when you get birth, give birth. And I think that is wonderful. And I think it's actually incredible what women's bodies can do. I'm not against that I very much when I have children. What I'm saying is I'm just kind of opting for ignorance right now by choice for a short period of time. But it's it's nice to learn about these things in well, doses. And- And it is kind of nice to have, like, I think it's really great. There's so many mom groups now to kind of like share those experiences because I think, you know, leading up to it, it it is all so wonderful. You have the baby showers and you get the, their baby's room is ready and things. And then all of a sudden it's like, nobody really prepares you for the third day after you have the baby, when all those pregnancy hormones drop and you just want to cry your face off and you think, "Uh Oh, do I have postpartum? What's going on here? things like that. And it's so nice that now like there's groups where women can go on and share these things and just to have someone be like, Oh yeah, I went through the same thing. You're like, okay, so I am still a human. I am normal. I am okay. Yeah. It's such a nice thing. And I hope that to keep creating those uh, programs that I can help women realize that like things can change and it's okay. And you can feel good again. I mean, just like I've just not from forever listening to you have learned so much about y- y- like I'm naive, obviously, about how your body changes when you have a child. That's pretty obvious. But it's nice listening to you kind of talking about the resources and even just how to think about it and, and how you can approach that and learning to care for yourself and even making the space for yourself to learn what your body needs in this new stage of your life and like how your body and being aware that your body's changing. And so, yeah, you maybe need to focus a little bit more on your nutrition to make sure you are getting what you need to feel your best and to keep yourself kind of fueled because life changes and certainly it's not easier when you add more people into the mix that you can't. And maybe stay off Instagram people because I feel (laughs) like you see people and I know people that have had 
one, two, multiple kids, and they look just exactly how they look. But I don't think that people need to compare themselves because that's not normal. It's, it's not, just like in genetic realistic. makeup with growing up, right? You have those people who are like, oh, they can and may still be able to just eat whatever they want and and they look great and things like that. And it's, it, everyone's different. So to try and compare yourself to, you know, somebody who, you know, has always had this, this lovely genetic makeup mm. can be definitely deflating. So yeah, definitely going through and kind of setting some boundaries on what you follow, who you follow and making sure you're not, it's not making you feel like crap. Definitely. Yeah. Taking care of, again, like you said, your mind as you're going through that process. This is really nice to kind of learn about, like from all that we've talked about, the things that have stuck out to me that you've told us is like really focus on your stress levels and your digestion and making sure that in kind of your nutrition, taking care of yourself. Is there anything else that we should be paying attention to or thinking about? I think honestly, the one of the biggest things I've learned with managing my stress is listening to my body because I've started to add in meditation and things like that, I have actually been able to truly notice things about my body or when things are off or, Mm. and listening to them. If you think something's off, go get checked. And that's okay. Seek help, talk to someone because you know your body best. And the more intuitive you get with yourself, the more you're going to notice signals when things are off, when you feel good, when you should make a change things like that. Right. So, and don't be afraid to speak up for yourself, you know, along the lines of setting boundaries, right? Like don't overexert yourself. Say no, when you feel like saying no, it's okay to want to stay and watch Netflix and do nothing. Mm. Um, but get to know your body. So, you know, when you need a rest, when you truly need a rest, right? Oh, I love that. It feels so good and to my heart. You're, I'm so you're happy. Sarah's language. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Tune into your body. I love that. That's a really nice, yeah, that it, that is a really nice approach. And I think that is the holistic approach that, that I guess you're talking about this whole episode is getting to know yourself from all the angles. Mm-hmm. Listen to yourself. Yeah, I think we get so caught up in, you know, if you're not busy, you're doing nothing and just fighting through, you know well, this person has it worse or, well, you know, it really doesn't hurt that bad or, you know, I'll just mask my reflux. And it's like, let's start to take care of our body, invest in your health now before you have to pay for it later. For sure. So, oh, we have two things we have to do. I know you've started a new program called Mom Code. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. We want to know. The the Mom Code, is yeah, so I just ran my first one um, and had some like great success with moms. I absolutely loved it. Again, we went back to figuring out those pain points with the moms of, you know, what are some of your mental barriers? Some people, some women are returning to the workforce and they're like, you know what, the woman I was working before and the mom and woman I am now, I just don't even know how to navigate this. So we'll work on a plan to Maybe it's just boosting your confidence. Maybe it's um, changing routines. It's retraining your brain. People who have said, you know, I never had anxiety before. I was super laid back and now I'm so anxious. And these are all new things that, you know, could come about after having a baby or adding that extra stress. So just helping them navigate those, put plans into place, 
and I guess teaching them how to navigate these roadblocks themselves. So mm. not needing to depend on something or depend on me to help coach them through, um, could be stress eating, something like that. I launched it back in the fall and um, relaunched it again and had some really good success of it just helping women get, I don't want to say back on track, but almost sometimes refiguring out their life yeah. um, postpartum because it can be such an eye opener, <laughs> as you've heard. Um, but it's very eye opening. Different. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of it can be retraining your brain. Obviously, there's nutritional components to it as well, teaching them how to cook or eat on the go, um, feeding their baby or feeding their kids. Yeah. And yeah, so that's the mom code. There's also some uh, fitness involved in it and stuff too. But yeah, it's almost helping them, I guess I would say, navigate the changes of mom life and figuring out what's going to work for them. It's probably so nice cool. just to have that community too. To connect with. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. So how do people look into mom code and sign up if they're interested? So I usually book a call with someone. So we'll do like a, um, like a discovery call. And because sometimes the mom code isn't what they need. Sometimes they, you know, I will direct them to whoever I think they need, whether it is a psychologist or, the, or like a naturopath or something like that, um, and to kind of discuss where their pain points are, where they're at. And so we start with a call, which there's a link in my Instagram. You can also contact me on my email can and you tell sign us up what and your, book a call. what your Instagram is as well? It is. It's uh, Laura Davies Health. Perfect. We'll share it on the show notes for everyone listening as well. Yeah. So it's it's fun. I, I really enjoy working with the moms in the mom code and building a community and I hope it continues to grow. I love that. That's awesome. Well, before we wrap up, Laura, we want to play a round of Westygrams, which is a game <laughs> that we've sprung on you. Poor Laura before we started recording was like, I don't know what Westygrams is. You don't have to. Okay. Uh, so Westygrams is a game invented uh, by a friend of ours, Trevor, and Ashley and I have taken it over essentially and made our own version of it. But if you were here in person, there are cards that you could pick with very cute Westies on them and questions on the back. However, since we're doing this remotely, I'm just going to get you to pick a number between 1 and 75. Okay, I'm going to pick my hockey number, nine. Number nine. Mm. Laura? We will play two as well. So yeah, we'll each do we a question. We'll put it just on you. Okay. Uh, do you know what the price of eggs is right now? <laughs> oh, that's tricky because I tend to buy free range. Um, What's the price expensive? of free range eggs? <laughs> Between five and seven dollars usually. Really? I was going to so say like I'm four fifty s- at five o'clock. Five o'clock. Five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Five o'clock. <laughs> I'm going to say um, we'll go. We'll go regular eggs. Whatever you want. Well, so this is an inch. This is this discussion is the answer <laughs> to the question because you're also in Alberta and things are priced differently there. Taxes are different. Taxes are definitely different. Yes. Um, well, I'm going to say my regular price of eggs would be <laughs> probably six fifty. Okay. So apparently, I think that, around three or four dollars. 
regular eggs. Mm-hmm. Mine at the grocery store in Nova Scotia, I get the free free age free age free range eggs here as well, and they I think are four sixty nine. But Mark, God love him, our producer just pulled Fact this checks. up. Fact yes. check for us: the average retail price for one dozen eggs in Canada was three nineteen. Mm. So we're all off. Yeah. <laughs> And you I mean, can get really great free-range eggs at Costco. Really? Shout out. Yes. All right, Ashley, yeah. it's your turn. Give us a Westergram. I'm going to go with Number. 70. Number 70. If you could, what movie would you change the ending to? Is that for real? Like, uh, so many movies, probably. Pick one. Do you want me to just tell you the first one that came First one that mind? came to your mind. But this is something I don't want to offend people. <laughs> Because it's not the movie, it's something that happened in real life. Okay. Is that wrong? Oh, you want to change real life? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? What? Well, I mean, just keep going on this Because I don't like sad things. Like the Titanic. I wish that that ended differently, but I wish that never happened. But, oh yeah, of course you wish it never happened. That's (laughs) lovely. But you're, so you're saying you wish Jack survived or would you like Jack and Rose to die together in each other's arms? What are you thinking? No, I don't want them to die together. (laughs) I want them to live. Let's just go with that. Okay. You want Jack to survive the Titanic? Yeah. I really, I like this question. That was the first thing that came to mind. I have put zero thought into that. Laura, if I'm going to, Laura, I think you should answer this one too. It's a good question. Is there a movie ending that you would want to change? I always go first thing that comes to mind. For some reason, You Got Mail is coming into my mind, but there's nothing I want to change about that movie. I don't even remember how to end It's my favorite movie. They're together. It's lovely. I'm trying to think now of like awkwardly ending movies that you wish changed. I can't think of any. Sarah, what would you do while Laura thinks about that? What would you change? So there's movies I've seen that just I leave disturbed. And most recently. Mm. I know where this is going. She knows because I (laughs) called her flipping out. I was so upset. I was so upset. I went to see the new version of Little Women before, right after Christmas. Did you know this is what I was going to say, Ashley? I did. But you, disclaimer, you've never seen the original. I never saw the the original, but I knew the story. Like I knew, spoiler alert, I knew Beth had died, but I was so disturbed that Amy married Lori, it just upset me. Like, I was not happy. Mm-hmm. And I know it all turns out okay, but I found that so disturbing. Like, if my sister married someone that I had, you know, been in love with at some point, I know it wasn't like the love of Joe's life, I would just be upset. Like, I just don't want that to happen. I was very disturbed, but I still want Lori in the family, so I don't even know how I would change it. Maybe I it's just because you have a sister, it. so it really... You could feel if that were to happen, Jennifer, how terrible it'd be. Come after all any of my, or if you go after hers. Okay, Pat and Jennifer, you're safe. Patrick, <laughs> I'm not coming for you. <laughs> I can't remember a movie I watched recently, but there was a very big lead up to deciding whether I believe one of the characters, one of the kids, actually like had. Um, was planning to, I think, almost like a school shooting or something like that. And it basically ended with like him just walking away and you not really knowing like what actually happened. And I find that really frustrating in a lot of those movies where you're like, there's no, there's no way this is ending now. And it's just them walking away and you're like, okay, but 
did they do it? Did they not do it? So you watch the whole entire movie and it's like they're investigating and then nothing. Mm. They leave you with nothing. You and it was on answers. Netflix. You feel, I know what you mean. You feel you're just angry. Yeah, you're guessing all along of like maybe who the murderer was or whatever. And then at the end, it's just like they just don't tell you. You're like, what? <laughs> Why did I watch this? I hear you. <laughs> so I'm going to do number 61 for at Westergrams. I'm jumping in. And it's, do you think dad jokes are funny? And my answer is yes. Yeah. I love all dad jokes. And <laughs> I like, there's one. My dad loves telling jokes. Yes. Like it's it's too much sometimes. He always does the one that's, if he's given direction, he'll be like, oh, if do you, he, are you going to get this right? Or do no, you, you should do it. Do it. Cause I'm going to mess it up. You could say, Oh, do you know where, you know, Birch street is? And you're like, Oh yeah. Well, get that right out of your head. It's nowhere near there. Usually he'll say like the McDonald's <laughs> or the Canadian tire. <laughs> he's like, do you know where the Canadian tire is? And you're like, yeah. And he's like, well, get it right out of your head. Yes. Cause it's nowhere <laughs> near there. I love that one. <laughs> and I think that's, like my favorite dad joke dad my dad i've just heard them all so many times that it's like oh this isn't good my dad has one and it's like um he told me this and my grandmother my grandfather together do you know what the difference is between a hormone and a protein no a protein doesn't make any sound oh <laughs> <laughs> but we need like the, the, do you the, get the joke <laughs> Do it, Mark. (laughs) So bad. Anyways, this terrible joke. And then when I finally got it, I was like, Dad, Grammy's here and she's 91. Like, why are you telling her this joke about a hormoning? Anyways, Laura, this has been amazing to have you on. I'm sorry I ended with a terrible joke. But the whole episode, we learned so much and so much. So good to think of our health in this kind of like, well, it's a holistic way, but really bringing up things like mindset nutrition fitness and how those all connect together i've learned a lot i'm going to investigate the pelvic floor oh my god and breathe i'm going to breathe more and differently i'm going to do it as soon as we're done yes absolutely no thanks for having me i love being able to connect and let moms know there's there's lots out there for them just don't be afraid to reach out or feel like you're you're like am I alone in this or you're not like, if I island. bring this up, am I weird? <laughs> no, no, absolutely. No, I love it. So Mama's thanks for having me. Bring it all up. Reach out to Laura. She'll help you out. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thanks so much, Laura. This has been awesome. Thanks for having me. Hi guys. Thanks so much for listening. We love hearing from you. So please let us know what you think. You can email us at rivalandqueen at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. You can find us on all social handles at rivalandqueen. Thanks guys.